0: Welcome to Palliative Perspective, a podcast produced by the Hospice and Palliative Nurses Association. Each episode, will explore important topics from the field of hospice and palliative care to preserve our history, explore current challenges, find inspiration from our patients, create connections within our field, and peek into the research that shapes our future. Whether you're a seasoned nurse, a nursing student, or simply interested in the field of hospice and palliative care, we're glad you're here. Let's get started.
1: Hi folks, welcome to Paliu Perspective. I'm your host, Erin Holder. On today's episode, we're going to explore the death Cafe with our guests, Deb Rashad and Sherry Alton. Welcome to the show, Deb and Sherry. Thank,
2: Thank you. you. Thank you so much for having us today.
1: Can you both introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about how you got involved in hospice?
3: I'm Sherry Alton and I have been an RN since 1983. Uh, I was a CNA and then an LPN and became an RN long ago. Uh, I've done a lot of hospital nursing, various things from endoscopy to babies to chemical dependency and more about, uh, I've been burned out three times in my career and about 20 years ago, uh, A friend of mine who was a nurse said, you ought to try hospice. And I thought, oh, that's so sad. I I don't think I could do that. And the people in my life just encouraged me to uh, put in an application at Hospice of the Valley. And I did. And I got hired. And the first six months, I cried a lot because my grandfather had just died and I didn't quite have perspective. And at six months, what I realized is I was focusing on the death, the dying, the the pain and suffering. And so with the help of friends, family, and my faith, things changed. And I started looking at the gifts of being a hospice nurse. I absolutely love it. Hope to end my career here and probably about five or six more years. A lot of things have changed in the last 20 years in hospice and palliative care. And uh, we have very forward-looking leadership and I love what I do.
2: Hi, I'm Deb Shad. I too am a nurse with many years of varied experience in the acute care setting about 30 years. And in 1988, Um, I had the privilege of organizing and uh, delivering a patient-centered conference. And that was a career-changing event for me because uh, it showed that working with a committed team who is focused on the patient's goals can literally work miracles. This gentleman had been in the hospital for over three months. He kept bouncing back from intensive care to our unit, was a med surge cardiovascular unit. And we put together this team and this gentleman ended up being wheeled out at the hospital. We thought, all of us thought that the man would expire before discharge and then he came back a couple months later to show us a picture of his goal that he attained, which was to get well enough to go home and go fishing with his grandson. So that particular event instilled in me a desire to find a place where I could work with a multidisciplinary team who focused on patient goals. Sadly, or, or perhaps it was just the perfect uh, combination of things. I did not find that until 2017, over 35 years later, when I was introduced to hospice and I became a hospice nurse, I resisted initially too because I thought it would be depressing and I was so used to the active acute care setting that when I was... At When I was introduced to hospice, I realized here was my opportunity to work with the multidisciplinary team who shared and focused on patient goals. So it was finding the best towards the end of my career for me.
1: I really think it's so beautiful how hospice really just chooses us sometimes. You might be resistant in the beginning and then full circle moment, you realize it's the best decision you ever made. I understand that both of you are a part of the death cafe for our Phoenix chapter of HPNA. What exactly is that?
3: For me, personally and professionally, it is a confidential space for health care workers, specific hosp- uh, specifically hospice and palliative care workers, for us to talk about and share our experiences and feelings around death, dying, suffering, um, end of life, and it's not necessarily negatively focused, although I think the general population thinks it is, Uh, but it's a place where I get to talk about my mortality and anything and everything in between, uh, how to cope, hear other people's experiences, and get support and stay strong because what we do is very difficult
2: and i became involved with death cafe as with a community focus initially and in that i got to see such a broad cross-section of society and get to hear and learn about different views one amazing example one day at human death cafe we had a gentleman call in from yamen And so here was a gentleman who was totally culturally different. His religious and spiritual beliefs were totally different, but yet we were able to connect on a a very effective and and meaningful way. Now, moving forward to the Phoenix chapter's healthcare, uh, healthcare focus is the leadership of the Phoenix chapter, certainly like every other leadership of chapters in the US recognized what a tremendous change had come about with the beginnings and the way that COVID played out. So we were looking for a way as a chapter that we could help support our membership in light of all of this. And we felt that Death Cafe was an excellent way to do this for several reasons, one, uh, it fits perfectly with our nonprofit status. We never charge a price for people to attend Death Cafe. And we felt that it would give people a chance in a safe, we need a safe environment where we can share and where we can express what's going on. And we feel that as healthcare professionals, we have a different perspective and we often have very different experiences than the, than the general public. So we wanted to wanted it to be offered to healthcare professionals. It's not restricted to hospice and palliative. Uh, We have had people join us from critical care, almost every area of nursing. We have had social workers, we've had physicians, uh, we've had volunteers. We had a gentleman from New York who was a hospice volunteer, so it is welcome or we invite and encourage the entire healthcare team to be a part of this.
1: I think it's so important to be able to hear those voices because every death, even if there's commonalities and some intersection between each death, they're going to be individual. And the way that you feel about each death is definitely going to change depending on what happened leading up to it. What kinds of things, I know we touched on this a little bit, but what kinds of things do you discuss at Death Cafe?
2: We discuss literally anything that people want to discuss. One of the things we share is going into the death Cafe as facilitators, and we do co-facilitate um, in the event we have a larger group, then we can break into two smaller groups. So everyone, we want to uh, structure it so everyone has an opportunity to speak, but they don't have to speak. Um, You're welcome to participate at whatever level is your comfort, whether it's listening or or verbally participating in the discussion. So I have heard things anywhere from people having questions about um, new developments in the death industry, about different ways from composting to all sorts of uh, types of topics. And we tell people, We don't create an agenda. This time is for you to discuss whatever it is that you want to discuss. So there's a wide variety of topics. And sometimes the topics are fun and light. As Sherry said, not everything is serious and um, we don't wear our our black black clothes and and, uh, pretend that we're going to mourn. We often enjoy each other's company and can laugh about things as well.
3: One of the things that I have heard is that, and I've I've even witnessed it around me in the general population, we're death phobic. We're afraid of death because we've not come to terms with our own mortality and we're death illiterate. We literally do not know how to talk about death. We've uh, softened it you know, so-and-so is passed on. Uh, And so if we, as healthcare professionals who see a great deal of of end-of-life people dying, uh, can't speak about it openly, honestly, and realistically, realistically, how can we expect others to do that? So as Deb said, We talk about whatever is going on currently.
1: It sounds to me that you have a really inclusive space that's giving voices to what we're afraid to talk about. I think that one of my favorite things to say about hospice is that there's a lot of life to be lived on hospice, and I mean that for the healthcare workers, too. We work in death, but you also get to see all the beauty and all the life that comes from death. So I'm so glad that you have that and that you're able to go there. And I'm sure you've made a world of difference for the different people that I've joined. How has Death Cafe specifically benefited you?
3: Well, as a nurse that's been burned out three times in my career, you know, it's very difficult watching people suffer whatever that means, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, anything. And I have to acknowledge my feelings about that. And I have to have a safe place to do that. You know, I can't just come home at the end of the day and talk about it with friends and family. Uh, I need people that have been there on the front lines with me and understand. And can relate and can support and say, yeah, I, I've been there too, because we are all in this together. So, you know, moral distress, compassion, fatigue, burnout. Death Cafe for healthcare professionals helps me stay strong. And I recently read, I believe that nurses, with the exception of um, the 911 uh, 911, incident are considered uh, the most trustworthy people uh, like for 20 years and I need to be able to be me uh, with people that understand that, that nursing, uh, the nursing profession is difficult at best, especially with the demands, the um, busyness, the teamwork and with the healthcare system that we have in America today. And so I get support from peers. I give support to peers. You know, sometimes I just listen and that is enough. Uh, And I don't have to be anything. I don't have to be strong. I don't have to be professional in Death Cafe, I can just be me, a person who happens to be a nurse, uh, but I can really be who I am amongst people that, uh, you know, the profession we chose is difficult, but we are all in this together.
2: Death Cafe has benefited me, I would say, both personally and professionally. I have been surprised looking back at some of the conversations and um, one of the things I think having this space defined is it encourages us to slow down for just a moment and to really think about the, the topic at hand and reflect on what's going on. That's how I think we tap into our inner wisdom in dealing with these difficult situations. I have been amazed at the additional insight I've gained into my personal past grief experiences, whether it was the death of a former husband or a parent. I have continued to grow and to learn um, from those experiences and sharing them in Death Cafe years later. It helps me professionally in that, you know, I think we have a tendency, perhaps some of us as healthcare professionals, particularly at end of life, we might have a tendency to say, oh, why do I need Death Cafe? I deal with it all day long, every day, and I'm doing quite well, thank you very much. But yet, we do need time to process. It is healthy for us to examine and to look at our own personal views and beliefs, because if we don't, they oftentimes get in the way of us being most effective in our role. So again, that free space, another area where I have been surprised that it it has helped me in my role as a hospice nurse is in Death Cafe, we honor silence. We honor, we give people time to be silent with their thoughts because we recognize even if as healthcare professionals, it's not always easy. In fact, it's often difficult to talk about these things. And by giving people, by honoring their silence, it gives us time to think through, how do I want to say this? What is it that I'm really wanting to share and to express there? But for many of us, silence is very difficult. It's uncomfortable. We are there to help. We want to jump in and offer solutions and ideas. So I've been very surprised because that honoring silence has helped me so much in better listening to and with my patients and families that I serve.
1: I think that all those reasons are plenty for people to feel convinced to go over to Death Cafe, but generally speaking, I do really think that strength and professional excellence comes from recognizing those feelings, instead of stifling it, seeking that connection. We stress about uh, treating the whole person in hospice, and as Sherry had said, whatever that distress means to them, is what that suffering looks like, but then we don't have that kindness for ourselves. So we will take those emotions and shove them in a box and we won't talk about them because we can't go home to our families and just trauma dump on them about our days. Um, We're so used to holding space for others that we often feel like our emotions are way too loud to have them held by someone else. So I think that this is an excellent avenue to just shout if you need to.
2: And I think another thing is, This is certainly true for at least the community setting. One of the things I love about being a hospice nurse is getting to go into patients' homes and having some flexibility about how I will arrange my day and all of those sorts of things um, that I'm going to do. But again, we are somewhat isolated, too, that those are the good things, but we're very independent practitioners in hospice care. We have this great team that we come to, and we're great at discussing what's going on with our patients, that we so, so often, we don't have time or we don't have a venue for discussing these things at work with our peers. Um, And a lot of that, I think, is because of the independent nature of the work that we do. We work as a team, but we're at the home working with the patient. So that that can be a little bit isolating at times when we need that professional support or we need to reach out to someone.
1: Absolutely. I think that it's so important to have just a space that you know that you're going to have those folks that understand what you're talking about and are able to give you that connection and give you that space, even if it means that they're just honoring that silence, as you said before. I think that that is just as important as being able to say your piece. What have been the biggest takeaways for you from attending Deaf Café?
3: For me, it has been no death cafe is the same. Just like every day I go to work, no day is the same. Uh, it's curiosity. It's shared vulnerability and a safe place to feel. Uh, it's support and supporting people in this profession because We need so much support. I think sometimes we're looked at as being very strong. And I think strong also means being vulnerable, sharing our feelings in an appropriate and safe place with appropriate people so that we can continue to have a thriving professional career. and not have gone through school, and then five years later, become burned out and leave. So it's a sense of belonging, uh, curiosity of what's going to happen tonight. And the other thing is my uh, mom died on hospice 15 years ago. Uh, My dad died in the ICU less than a year ago. Very different experiences, and as a daughter who happens to be a hospice nurse, uh, you know, I'm out of my element in the ICU and I don't want to have to be a professional there. And uh, yet there was so much I didn't know. So I got to talk about that here. I got to say, you know, I don't know what's going on and ask questions and just be mean.
2: It's also been amazing for me to see Um, The dynamic of Death Cafe, how you can have a group of people who are very much strangers to each other, because we tend to we we tend to see some repeat folks. But there are always just as Sherry said, as every Death Cafe, the, the conversation is different. We see different faces and how quickly we can connect and share with each other on a very deep level um, is is very amazing to me. Uh, I think that um, it's something that we don't get many other places. So for me, it fills a void. Um, and it also feels good to me that it's, it's a way of being positive. What we talk about many times is that by having these conversations, I can enjoy life more. I can enjoy my finite life. I could put some of these worries and these concerns behind me and look forward. Um, It's kind of like when we we try to talk to people about advanced directives, you know, we want them to do it, we want them to do it, and they struggle and struggle and struggle. One of the things we do our, um, our Death Cafe in Yuma is we do public workshops on advanced directives, and they will say, oh, I've put it off, I've put it off, I've put it off. I have put it off i put it off i have not talked about it. I haven't discussed it. And now that I've done it, I'm so relieved. I'm so glad that I've done it. But hopefully some of the folks who come to Death Cafe find some level of relief of being able to share this information rather than either denying it or holding it in.
1: I really and truly subscribe to the concept of we have two ultimate truths in life in life and it's death and taxes and I do think that we need to be able to be more comfortable talking about death and this seems like a really great avenue to have people express those feelings that they may have not done in a different environment. Um, I know that we have talked a little bit about this not being a public meeting. Why exactly isn't this death cafe open to the public?
3: Well Erin Healthcare professionals have a bit of a different perspective and, you know, things that we go through can be traumatizing to the general public. Currently, and this is, uh, I think it's November 30th, 2023, if you go to deathcafe.com and in the search box, you put healthcare. We are currently the only health care death cafe around the world. There have been others, uh, but uh, we're the only one currently. And we've had a lot of people from around the United States, uh, not necessarily from another country, but people that come, uh, you know, we learn culturally uh, different ways that people deal with death and dying. and. Also, again, it's a safe space for me to be vulnerable and who I am as a human being uh, that just happens to be a healthcare professional.
2: The other reason we, we encourage it to be just for healthcare providers, obviously we're wanting that space for us because of our different dealings with death and our perspective. But I always wonder, well, what if, what if somebody comes in and, and they're from the public and and they don't? I hope that by sitting through that, we can't guarantee, you know, one of the one of the requirements of Death Cafe is that it's free and it's open and um, that everyone is welcome so we can't prohibit people that we're just trying to ensure that safer space for healthcare people to speak out and then hopefully if somebody from the public does come hopefully it might give them a little bit different perspective um, and think perhaps in a different way about how their healthcare workers are working around them. You know, Sherry mentioned that was the Gallup poll on ethics and honesty. I like to add, um, we quite often talk about that it's been 21 years that we've been ranked the most ethical and trusted profession in the US. The way I, I first, became familiar with this poll back in 2002, when I was deciding whether to come back to the nursing field after becoming burned out. The reality is we have been in the number one position as far as trust and and ethics viewed by the American public ever since we have been added to the poll. There was only one year that was an exception, and that was um, 9-11, and that year the firefighters received that honor and recognition. So I think that speaks volumes about the nursing profession. And sometimes the stereotypes about our profession from TV and different things can be very misleading to people. So I don't worry too much. If somebody from the public comes in, they might see a vulnerable nurse or a nurse who cares or who is sharing some very deep feelings. I think that's human. You know, that's that's
1: being genuine and that's who we are. Thank you both so much for sharing. I think that it's important for people to understand why this is a closed meeting to some degree. Um, We experience death so differently because it's in a professional capacity. For the general public, the death they experience is very intimate and not that Mm -hmm. ours isn't, but it's a totally different relationship. And then they might have with their loved one and the way that we view death is going to be different because of that. So, um, before we, we finish, before we end the show, I just wanted to make sure that our viewers very clearly know how they can get involved in Death Cafe. So would you guys be able to enlighten them?
2: Well, Sherry mentioned the Global Death Cafe, but um, those of us who are acquainted with hospice and palliative nursing, um, HPNA has, um, for many of the chapters, nursing network. Not every chapter has Nursing Network, but I would say the majority of them do. You could go to Nursing Network and search Phoenix Chapter Nursing Network, and that will pull up our website page, and you can just look at events and scroll down. So, for instance, we do have, for for chapter leaders, we have a death cafe coming up um, on December the 4th. Um. Yeah, and it's, what what time yeah, is Yeah, I think here? it's
3: December the 5th. I'm sorry, December Tuesday. the 5th.
2: Yeah, my calendar went out of my sight just as soon as I saw that. Um, but we are welcoming chapter leaders as an introduction to, to let chapters know about this. Um, it's very easy to become um, a proponent of this. The, the Death Cafe site, List all of the requirements. They make it very easy. Um, You can post the meetings on the global site. You don't have to have a separate site, but we thought Nursing Network was a perfect place to post this, that most of our peers could access it. Another reason that we're uh, very happy with the Nursing Network site is that our chapter has, thousands of followers and we have access to our peers who work in critical care, neonatal, um, renal, all of the different parameters and we invite them and we try to reach out to them because one of our goals is to share this work beyond hospice and palliative care walls. Every, Every specialty in nursing, I believe, could benefit by knowing more about palliative and hospice care and the, be- the benefits that it provides to our patients and families.
1: Well, thank you both so much for joining me today. It was a privilege and an honor to chat with you and to talk a little bit further about Death Cafe. I hope that our listeners start to join. I think that it would be a great thing for more people to be able to openly talk about this. So thank you again, and I hope you both have a wonderful day.
3: Thank you, Erin. Yes, thank you, Erin. And we welcome anyone and everyone who wants to check us out.
0: Thank you for joining us today. We hope you found our discussion informative and engaging. Remember, the conversation doesn't here. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support what we do, be sure to leave us a review and subscribe for future episodes. This helps us to continue to build our audience of listeners and dive deeper into the world of hospice and palliative nursing. To bring you more insightful interviews. Have an idea for a future episode? Send us an email at infohbna.org. At for more resources on hospice and palliative nursing, be sure to visit us at www.hbna.org.